everybody. Welcome to a, another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are not just taking on any old movie. We're taking on the biggest movie. This is probably going to be the biggest movie of all time. It is, of course, Avengers Endgame. And as we did with its uh, predecessor, Avengers Infinity War, we're doing a super episode. This is no mere movie that could be covered by just one co-host. No, we got six co-hosts for this episode. So you're going to be hearing six separate small little conversations with a couple of puzzle pieces apiece. And uh, joining us for it, we've got returning co-hosts, David Quinones, Chad Clinton Freeman, Jacob Toronto. But then we also got a few new people joining us who will hopefully be on the show in the future uh, on some regular full-length episodes. We got The Lady One from Screen Fix Podcast. We got B Garner from Filmotomy and Jump Cut Online. And we've also got Rico Albaracin from Always the Critic Movie Podcast. So we got a lot of great conversations coming up. And uh, before we get into them, as always, I want to remind you, if this is your first time listening to the show... Make sure you subscribe to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. We're on most of the major podcast apps and whatever one you're listening to it right now on. You can subscribe right there. You can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And make sure to join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, a movie discussion group where the conversation about this movie and all the movies we talk about continues. So, based on the records that it's setting, I would assume that you've all seen Avengers Endgame by now. If not, remember there's going to be spoilers in this conversation. But, who are we kidding? You already saw it, so let's just get into the conversations. All right, so joining us for this segment, we've got with us Jacob Toronto of Chasing Cinema, who hasn't been here for a while, but I'm glad to have you back, hey, man. thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be back and talking about such a movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. When it comes to... Uh when it comes to blockbusters, does it get any bigger than this? I don't think so. Yeah, this is, you know, it, it's pretty crazy because everyone is really excited, but it really isn't sunk in that this is going to be a really big milestone to look back on in 20, 30 years as like, you know, Endgame was this massive movie that came out and, and hit numbers. I just was reading today, like, I think they're projecting now 340. Yeah. $340 million over the I weekend. I saw 349. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a third <laughs> of the highest grossing movie in America, like, out the bat, out the yeah. gate. So that's pretty impressive. That's pretty wild. It's absolutely crazy. Um, so, you know, obviously this is a, you know, it's a tough one to come up with puzzle pieces because it's kind of just, it, you know, it's an Avengers movie. Yeah. But uh, what do you got, though, for your first puzzle piece? Yeah, so I was I was having a really tough time uh, as soon as you asked me about being on the show. And I was thinking, like, well, it, there's a lot of generic, you know, options, obviously, all the time traveling and stuff like that. But I was trying to think of something a bit more unique and, and align it with... Uh, what really made me love Endgame because I was a really, really big fan of the movie. Mm. And so I, I, I came up with something that might be a little bit of a stretch, just like how my last time was when we did Searching. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think it's a good one. And it's the 2008 Darren Aronofsky film, The Wrestler. Ooh, okay. So there is this uh, side note. I'm a really, really big professional wrestling fan. And uh, of course, um, the stories, how it usually goes with the stories of professional wrestlers is that they have their prime they exit their prime, but still aren't comfortable leaving their craft. And and many of them end up uh, very broke, spending all their money and just end up doing shows with audiences of like 50. <laughs> right. And But they just can't say goodbye to the fame. And that's what really The Wrestler's about. The Wrestler, was, of course, was the resurrection of Mickey Rourke's career. And 
you know, he played this, um, you know, old time wrestler whose glory past wasn't happening anymore. But he continued to go to these shows and continue to wrestle in front of people of maybe 10, 20, because that's what he loved and that's what he felt that he needed to be. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, I know Dave already threw a spoiler, uh, a warning out, but obviously to me, that really aligned with Tony Stark's arc. Right. Um, I think the really, uh, you know, obviously Robert Downey Jr. Um, really, really dedicated himself to this role. He hasn't done much outside of the Avenger movies since he's taken on this role. He's really kind of taken that image on as his own. Uh, and, and that's something rarely you don't see. So it, it is almost this kind of meta thing where Robert Downey is, has taken this character full circle, and then we have the actual character of Tony Stark going full circle. Um, but for me, obviously, what we have here is is a character who knows that he has a child. He When we find him in Endgame, at least, he has moved on with his life. But deep down, Iron Man is still there, and Iron right, Man can't right. rest. And I think that yeah, that's obviously like the main point of the movie, right, is he can't rest yet because he can't stop what he knows he needs to do until it's eventually what takes him. And that, to me, spoke so much like Darren Aronofsky's journey because what I loved about Endgame is that it is this drama, it is this character study of, oh, yeah. the, of everyone getting these second chances. And, and um, you know, for those who haven't seen The Wrestler, Mickey Rourke is um, offered a, a chance to come back to a really big show, even though he's much older and it is not looking good for his health. But you know, he's called and, and he has to kind of go back into the spotlight. And for me, those characters are very similar. They're incredibly tragic, uh, incredibly moving, and also incredibly proud all at the same time. And for me, that there is just such parallels in that. Um, and I think that's kind of why Tony Stark is such a, such a powerful figure, particularly in Endgame. There's also a feeling that um, while they're given the choice, they never really had a choice. Yeah, like exactly. they have to go back. That's that they and they know that, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, and and actually, this kind of will involve my uh, my later puzzles, but. Um, it, it's very Western, you know, mm. some, some of these characters know they just need to ride off in the sunset yeah. and, you know, and that's, they do it by what they feel is their responsibility. So they can, they can't rest until they do their job and finish their job. And, and, and I think that's for me, that big character moment and that character arc is really what spoke to me out of Endgame. So I think that's, was a perfect uh, puzzle piece for it. Well, you know, real quick before we go on to your next one, um, you know, you're talking about Robert Downey Jr. and his arc and everything. Um, I, I, I really do worry a little bit about what's going to happen in Phase Four. Like, are, mm-hmm. are we going to be able to connect with the character as much as we have with yeah. with with Iron Man with Tony Stark? I mean, it really is the the center of this whole thing, and totally. it's going to be really tough. I mean, we've got there's plenty of great characters within yeah. the universe and ones that they haven't done yet, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a little troubling. Because Endgame is what, like 23rd in I the think MCU? 23. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, of course, they eventually got the formula down. But in reality, Iron Man and the, and the probably six or seven that followed all really just happened to get lucky, yeah. if, if we think about it. <laughs> yeah. Because, Iron, I mean, I know, Robert, I mean, obviously, there were some intentions to create some major franchise. Uh, but I don't, obviously, I mean, they've all said they had no idea really how big it was going to get. But, oh, yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's going to be hard to recreate. I mean, I think that's another really great moment in Endgame is when we have, you know, the three OGs. We're missing Banner, unfortunately, but you have Thor, Cap, and then you have Iron Man. And I don't know if you're going to catch fire like that again with those <laughs> characters. Yeah. Sure, everyone digs Captain Marvel, and people are really digging Black Panther. Um, everyone likes the Guardians, but 
I don't know if they love those characters like they love Iron. I mean, ten years is a long time to be dedicated to a character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, and that's nothing to, to sneeze at. I mean, that's hard to do. I mean, to to sustain a character that long, to make audiences continue to want to see that character for that long. I mean, all those elements are really tough. Um, but now maybe with you know the the unbeatable formula, it's just a matter of until that formula people get tired of it. Yeah. Um, but I know I don't I don't connect to Captain Marvel the way that I've connected to these characters. I'm really intrigued by Black Panther, but I haven't had an emotional connection with Black Panther in in, in three movies or in two movies. Sure. Um, you know, and, and I think that's kind of the thing. So it really is it's really interesting to see where they're gonna focus their solo movies and whose stories they're really gonna start to develop yeah, going forward. Absolutely. All right, well, uh, what is your next puzzle piece? So my next puzzle piece, I, I kind of teased it a bit. It actually goes back to Westerns, and it's not specifically Westerns, but it is kind of the idea of the ensemble cast. And I think that one of the major influences to uh, Avengers Endgame is literally taking some of the, or not some, if not most of the top names in Hollywood right now, and putting them on screen, which is not an easy task to do. Mm-hmm. And it immediately made me think of How the West Was Won or The Magnificent Seven, these classic Western films that took these Western stars and combined them in a movie. Magnificent um, Seven is a perfect example. Uh, you just combine these seven great characters who we've seen in the genre before, and we combine them and make this ultimate um, team. And, and you know, we have it again, and it's a mad, 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 mad world. You have, a, you have the <laughs> yeah. comedy, you know, can uh the, the the all these great com- comedic actors all combined um and what other one i was looking at so yeah for the i mean for it's a mad mad world you have spencer tracy milton burley you have mickey rooney sid c i mean it's you are taking top talents of said genre and combining them and that's yeah. obviously what endgame did you have jfk jack lemon kevin costner i mean there's all these talents and it, and it takes a really really uh group of talented filmmakers to really be able to give every caliber of an actor time right uh, and i think this movie balanced it well i mean obviously i think if if some people do have some complaints about any characters it's the most of the characters who returned because really we only get like a scene and it's usually just sure. kind of a fighting moment so we don't get much out of bucky or black panther or you know valkyrie or, or those characters but i mean the time that we spend with thor and and cap and iron man here is so important and and all that balance and I think um, also knowing when to really throw out characters. You know, for me, um, I, I've enjoyed the MCU. I haven't loved everything. Mm. I think majority of the stuff is good. There are a few that I weren't a fan of, but I could say that I was in no way emotionally connected, or at least I felt emotionally connected or invested in both Black Widow or Hawkeye. And that might be a little bit because they are such OG characters, but those characters never really had major arcs for me to follow. I'm just so glad you didn't say Ant-Man. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's my boy. Yeah, I'm, no, I love it. I mean, Ant-Man, of course, comes at us in a completely different way, just being uh-huh. so charming that we're just so susceptible to him. But, and of course, the whole daughter angle makes us obviously really care. But, yeah. Nat- I mean, Natasha is a character that we've, we've seen in these movies, and she plays, of course, that B.A. character, but not a character we have emotional investment in. Right. And that's where this movie really works, is our emotional investment in, in Cap's story. And um, all these second chances, right? And and it goes back to the wrestler. This whole movie is about every character getting their second chance. Yeah, yeah. And um, I didn't think that that scene would hit me as hard as I mean, those two characters fighting for redemption in their own right while trying to save someone they deeply love is an incredibly like beautiful scene. And I know I'm really getting far away from the whole western and the whole uh, <laughs> um, compilation thing, but I, I mean, it's just it just really speaks to their talent to know when to use these characters' abilities. We know Scarlett Johansson and Jeremy Renner are talented actors, and even though their characters um, probably don't have strong arcs like the others, 
the filmmakers know when to really bring them in and tell them to really emphasize that performance to make that scene so important. And I think that takes a caliber filmmaker oh, yeah. to, to handle that kind of talent. So while, yes, this movie is like those in the sense that they have a lot of talented people and they're a huge all-star cast, but they're also well-made and they know how to view, use each member of the cast in certain moments and sequences. And I think that really speaks to the Russo brothers here. Yeah, I think this is the last time we're going to see a cast this big yeah, for quite I mean, a while. Yeah, this is huge. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I was really trying to think of all the names. Like, if you could... Just take an average person. Obviously, you and I and the people who are really big in the film community or really love movies, we all know a lot of the people, but I just wondered how many average Joes can name as many Avenger names, and I just think it's insane how many probably people that everyone could recognize in the MCU, and that's a really talented like list. I mean, yeah. going through that credit, you're just like, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's <laughs> I mean, even crazy. for like the, the, the what, 30-second Natalie Portman cameo, you're just like, that's an, inc- that's an <laughs> incredible pull. <laughs> they got her in. They got so many people. Um, so uh, did you have any other puzzle pieces? So my last one I, kind of ties in, again, it's more of the epic, the idea that there are these movies that are, are meant to be like these huge big changes in in the world of movie going you have gone with the wind you have lawrence of arabia um you know you have ben hur these movies that are meant to feel massive on a massive scale and uh a three-hour movie with uh, combining a list of an ensemble cast like that is obviously incredibly impressive and this is going to be a huge landmark and you know, early reviews were calling it an epic masterpiece and uh-huh. you know i mean we don't really see the epic genre um Unless you kind of study film or look back at classic film, you know, you don't ever say like, oh, that's an epic coming out. Like, it's not something that's really like this um, very popular genre or something that's in, in, the, in the culture so much unless you're in the film community. But there are those films that really stand out as these huge timestamps. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I, I mean, I think you could probably say Lord of the Rings might have been our last massive sure. epic, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I mean, that's, you know, that's a, a long time. And even then, I'm curious to see who people will be talking about more in the future, if it will be Endgame or Lord of the Rings. Um, but I think that's that's worth having. And and not many movies like that come in a lifetime. So I think that's incredibly uh, yeah. you know, rewarding to handle such a movie at that scale. I mean, 10 years of investment. I mean, the amount of scripts and rewrites. And I just like, I don't think we all imagine and how, <laughs> I don't think everyone knows, just realizes just how much went into that. And it, it's crazy that, not only did it work, but it worked so well. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I find it, um, I wouldn't say surprising because it is Marvel after yeah, all, course. but um, with the way that people are so ready to just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% just, I just want to watch streaming stuff. I, yeah. I just want to watch little sh- TV shows and stuff like that, that they're still embracing a movie of this scale, you know, that they're still running out to the uh, yeah. to the theater to see it. That That's promising (laughs) i think it is promising but i do i do think that it it does raise this interesting question if um you know like at what at what cost though i mean i mean yeah of course this is a massive movie and i mean it's it's the numbers i'm sure it will do are crazy but i mean it took obviously so much work and i think that's what's really interesting is seeing where the the marvel universe goes forward yeah can the saga sustain even afterwards i am assuming yes but like all things, all bubble pop. Uh, you know, every sure. uh, all the bubbles will eventually pop. I just don't know when. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I just cur- want I'm more... curious to see how long you know <laughs> we, we have of the of the you know big superhero craze. Not that I want it to end, but I mean it, it won't be the main focus forever. Yeah. And it's just curious to see how all that changes. 
I just want more Ant-Man sized uh, superhero <laughs> movies because I love Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man's the guy, huh? That, is that your favorite? <laughs> He's my favorite. So let me ask you real quick, uh, I, and I know you know we have a lot of people on, so I don't want to take up too much time, but were, like, were you going into Avengers pretty set that you were going to really enjoy it? Or did you have, I mean, how do you feel about these? I am not the biggest superhero okay. movie fan. So I'm with um, you. Yeah, and... But I, I had a feeling, I mean, they know what they're doing. Yeah, they absolutely. know how to put on a show. They yeah. know how to entertain. And uh, while there's certainly a lot of uh, fan service for things, I mean, there's even a few of these movies I haven't seen, you know? Yeah, so I, I've seen probably like 17 or 18 of the 22 before it. Um, so there was bound to be parts that I was just like eating my popcorn yeah. during, you know? Um, but yeah, I knew that they were going to, you know, really just bring it home. I mean, they, they had to. They have so much riding on it, you See, know? See, after Infinity War... I was like, okay, we're going in that direction. We're following that formula. And then that's why I think I was just so pleased with Endgame because I thought I was going to enjoy Endgame. And sure, there were going to be the moments that, you know, I was going to get emotional. I mean, these, like I said, 10 years of investment. But I had no idea they were going to go the direction they did, taking out Thanos, going the five years later out. And and of course, again, making this kind of dramatic character study with all these characters getting their second chances and these really deep emotional moments, um, you know, I thought was was really kind of a, a... really big change of what I was expecting. I was expecting another Infinity War, you know, let's just sure. get all these guys on the screen and fight. And I resp- I really was happy that they really took the time and made every, it was just like they made every emotional investment pay off. Um, and they did it in such a style that it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel, you know, and I, I don't have much to complain about that movie. And yeah. there are so many little things in that movie that work for me. I think, you know, just talking about Robert Downey Jr., um, you know, there's that great moment where he forgets the briefcase mm-hmm. uh, as he runs into his dad. And of course, you know, if it's just, oh, he's distracted. He forgets his briefcase. And you don't think about it too deep, but you think about the idea that this man was willing to forget, you know, the one thing that could save humanity's future just <laughs> because he saw like how much that means to him. That's pretty heavy, I think. Um, the moments between Thor and his mother were incredibly touching. Oh, yeah. Uh, her, her line, I don't know it verbatim, but her line that... Um, we all fail to be, to become the people we're supposed to be. It's the key to success is uh, becoming the person who really are. I thought that was really a beautiful moment for that character. I wish they would have somehow figured out a way for him to cut the weight by the end of the movie. You know, like I, the fat suit was cool, but you know, it ran its course. Um, but there was just so much here. Every character, I mean, just such emotional uh, emotional stakes were met here that I have not really complained. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it's pretty clear that you you loved the movie. Uh, do you have any other closing thoughts about it? You know, I mean, I'm really excited. And uh, like you said, I'm really excited about how excited it's making people about movies. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, a really cool thing, at least locally, uh, um, is that they are our drive-in, which we do have a drive-in here in <laughs> Vegas, yeah. uh, is going to be running from dusk till dawn doing screenings. And, you know, I was at AMC on Thursday night uh, at Town Square, and they closed at one to reopen at two. <laughs> I mean, I've never in my life seen people go into a movie at 345 or 315 in the morning so that is like just such a really cool thing to see and i hope that obviously we keep seeing this grow but obviously a big fan of the movie i am so excited to you know hear how everyone really kind of put i'm excited to hear all the puzzle pieces together yeah yeah. uh, as you wrap this up but uh it was you know I'm just very, I was very happy with the movie and I just, I'm excited to hear what everyone has to say. Absolutely. Well, hey, as always, thank you for being here. Um, where can people find your stuff? So I am on a Chip Buchanan show on 98.5 KLUC every Friday around 8.45 a.m. I'm also on ChasingCinema.com where you could find video reviews, written reviews, and I also write for FilmRacket.com. Beautiful. Well, again, thanks for being here and Appreciate we're you getting time. you back for another full one sometime soon. Let's do soon. it. <laughs>
All right, so we are talking about Avengers Endgame, and with me up next is Rico from Always the Critic Podcast. Rico, thanks for being here. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I reaching out to lots of people on film Twitter and I got lots of friends that want to be on this and people who have been on the show before, but, uh, always glad to have new voices here on the show. So, uh, really happy to have you here. Um, you, uh, went and saw Avengers Endgame immediately when it came out as the rest of us did. I am assuming you were there in one of those opening nights. Oh yeah. I was right there on Thursday night. I had a six thirty showing here on the East coast. And, nice. And I actually, after this recording, will be watching it for a second time. Nice. So. Right on. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'll make it back a second time. Um, I did enjoy it though, but uh, you know, it's it's I I gotta plan my my movie hours wisely, and you know, it's a lot of movie hours. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's quite a bit of time. Oh yeah. So uh, why don't we jump in? What is your first puzzle piece you wanted to bring up for Avengers Endgame? So there, there's a specific part of the movie. Where and it's a huge chunk of the movie where the movie is dealing with a heist that they're going back in time. There's so many different ways, but one movie that kind of stood out in my head where I'm using it as a puzzle piece is Ocean's 12. Of all okay. movies, I'm using Ocean's 12. Um, the reason why is because number one, they're pulling off a heist, they're going back in time and they're taking the stones and they're bringing them back to fix everything. So they're mm. they have to be very careful in what they're doing, but also they're almost in a way have to interact with themselves in certain situations. And the biggest uh, moment is in when they go back to New York, to the battle of New York in 2012, mm -hmm. you have captain America who has to pretend that he's the captain America of 2012. It's almost like in oceans 12, when Julia Roberts in the movie has to pretend to be Julia Roberts Right, right. And so he has to <laughs> pretend that he's there as 2012 Captain America. He gets in the elevator with all these S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. And then he even gives them a fake line, uh, pretending that he's one of them. Right, right. And then on top of that, you have the Hulk, who he has to pretend to be angry and smash stuff, even though he doesn't want to. But he has to keep up the appearance that he is from 2012. I thought yeah. was hilarious. And that's what came to mind when I when I saw that. Yeah, I think that's great. That's a great uh, comparison there. And I, I haven't seen Ocean's 12 since the theater, but you're bringing it all back to me. And like that whole like <laughs> that whole sequence of, of how they had to uh, be playing those parts and everything to make it all work and, and how it mirrored, you know, uh, their real personas and everything, and yeah, that that that's awesome. I love that. I I, I love that as a puzzle piece, and um, it, you know, it's such a fun bit of fan service. We were talking about it on some of the uh, uh, other conversations we've had on the movie, but that whole segment of the film, it just uh, you know, it it just really goes a long way to you know give give fans specifically something special, without a doubt. And also, by the way. The movie, both movies have Don Cheadle. So that's another connection just right there alone. There you go. There you go. More <laughs> more movies need Don Cheadle, I think. Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what, uh, what would your second puzzle piece be? Well, this one is more about an observation that I've noticed. And it's ever since the Russo brothers have taken over the MCU in, you know, they've directed Captain America Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier, Infinity War. They have taken some of their past collaborators and put them into the movies, 
more specifically mm. from the show's community. Uh, they did mm. a few episodes with the show. They directed some. And the stars of the show have been popping up here and there throughout some of the movies. Like Daniel Pudi, he um, showed up in Winter Soldier. In this movie, you had Nicole Yvette Brown. Um, there has been um, – there's two other characters. Oh, Ken Jong was in this movie as well as right, security right. guard. So, you know, the Russo brothers haven't forgotten that they came from TV and they really had a special bond with those people that they did on community that they're willing to just give them even non-speaking parts in these giant action movies. Right, right. Yeah, and that, that's really cool too because uh... – you know, any any time uh, you know filmmaker comes from something you know a little smaller and goes to something as insanely massive as these Avengers movies, um, you know it's awesome to you know be able to bridge that gap and, and bring people along with you and everything. And it, it doubles, you know, I was just talking about fan service with that first puzzle piece. It doubles as fan service really because uh, you know a lot of people who are into all this Marvel stuff are you know there's a lot of crossover there with with uh, shows like Community, like like just. Fun cult shows like that oh yeah for sure they're only missing three at this point because they just had donald glover even though he didn't they didn't direct spider-man homecoming but he mm -hmm. was also in there they're just missing joel McHale, jillian jacobs and allison brie somewhere in the mcu i you know what i i think joel McHale. it might be a while <laughs> but i think the other two i think are they've got a chance they're gonna be in something sooner or later yeah I, it, it would be pretty, pretty sure. funny if they completed the entire cast <laughs> I could see Joel McHale maybe in Ant Man three. Yeah, just like, like as a, like a good fit as some you know boss that nobody likes. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. That would that would be a, definitely a good fit right there. <laughs> right on. Um. Do you have any other uh any other puzzle pieces? Obviously, we're keeping these things short. Um. I mean, with the time travel, you could choose just about any movie. Uh, oh yeah. And they even go about saying it in the movie they start naming them and rattling them off so, <laughs> yeah. uh i think you can pick any one of them and you can see the influence there but i think it's more of like they were trying to subvert the exactly the different things that come with a time travel movie so uh instead of like when you go back to the past it affects the future you know they came up with something different so even though they have the influence they decided to change it up a bit yeah, and and there's uh really time travel opens up such a can of worms. Oh, there's yeah. just so much you could do and there's always like you kind of at this point, especially in a movie this big, you have to get out in front and reference it a little bit that it's a movie trope like forever. But <laughs> it's so many different so many different uh worlds and so many different movies. It's like it, you just kind of have to. Yeah, you have to. Um <laughs> well, right on. Uh, so overall, what you know, what'd you think of Endgame? Were you happy with it as a uh, fan of these movies? I was very happy with it. Um, the movie works more as a culmination, as an event, as something that if you have been in the MCU, if you've been a fan of the movies, uh, this is a rewarding experience and it's a great time. As I said, I'm, I have tickets to go see it again, um, mm -hmm. so I can't wait to see that. And it works overall if you've been a fan of the MCU. Uh, I feel bad for people who have never seen any of the movies and then try to jump in on this one. Doesn't make oh, sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only missed like two and I was lost at a few parts, but yeah, I know what you mean. 
<laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, I think it, it's very well done. Great job by the Russos. And I look forward to checking it out again just to see what I may have missed because there was a lot of cheering in my screening when I saw it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it was a, a lively showing, as these movies always are, though, really, yeah, when sure. it comes down to it. Um, well, right on, Rico. Thanks so much for, for being here. Why don't you tell people where they can find your podcast? And uh, yeah, of course. So you can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Always Critic Pod. Uh, you can even check out our website, which is alwaystheCriticPod.wordpress.com. We post new episodes every single Tuesday, so you can find us on any of the streaming uh, platforms where you find your podcast right now. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, again, thanks for being here, and maybe we'll get you on a uh, regular episode one of these days. Hey, I would much appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so coming up next is B Garner from Filmotomy and Jump Cut Online. B, thanks for being here. I know you just got out of the theater. What did you think? Oh my gosh, it was so good. <laughs> I'm still like uh, on a high from it. Um, it's a lot to take in. It is. And I'm not even a huge comic book fan. Like, you know, for me, I I think it's probably because I've been so disappointed by like, DC <laughs> films. But um, yeah, I was crying in so many different points of that movie. and. It's really good. Like you just the time goes by so quickly. Yeah, it it was it did go by surprisingly quickly. I didn't even have to pee the whole time, which I really <laughs> didn't expect. Um so do you have any uh any puzzle pieces for it? Yeah. So when I while I was watching it, I was thinking of Force Awakens. Okay. Um, Star Wars. Um uh, obviously. <laughs> um and the reason I'm thinking of this is because this was um, Force Awakens was really a event movie. Like mm. it was the first. Like, come on, let's not talk about prequels, okay? Those never happened. Sure. <laughs> this... <laughs> Depending on your age, some some people love those. I think they grew up with them or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I try to not think about them. But for me, I think what about force awakens um was it brought the community together the star wars community together and was like all ages you know old young and it was really a film that um brought a lot of uh loose ties together and i feel like the same thing was with um endgame you have this community brought together and it's a payoff for all that sort of films that you've watched and there's a lot of moments where they go back and revisit you see like scenes from like earlier movies and have like this recap and you get that sense in a force force awakens where um old characters and the new characters are being brought together and the torch is almost being passed to the next generation Um, and i think that's what we're getting here with endgame is obviously setting up for the next stage of the mcu and it's a nice sort of reunion but at the same time we're we're losing a few people and we're saying goodbye to them and it's coming to an end on their chapters but the story is still going the saga is still going and that's what happens with force awakens is 
we're having a setup of new characters and the torch is being passed on to them for them to carry on with their stories and i think as well it's like the whole the, the, going to the cinema today the whole cinema was like packed with people and oh, yeah. the, the, the response like the audience reaction was the same sort of I tried to think of a film where I had last experience where I had like everybody sort of quiet, like not even eating their popcorn or slurping on a drink. They were so sort of um, transfixed to what was happening on screen. And I was immediately thought back to my reaction and experience to watching a force awakens. Sure. Yeah. And I think I think people are gonna remember this moment for a long time. Remember mm. watching this movie. Um, it, it it's just such a big cultural moment. And then of course, you know, with the records that it's gonna break. I mean, we're already seeing the news pouring in today about records that it's breaking. So I mean, it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a big moment for all of Hollywood and all of movie history, really, and people's people's relationship with movies, really. Yeah, and I, I'm. Uh... Star Wars the, hasn't finished yet, but it, the final film is sort of coming out uh, at the end of this year. And mm. I wonder, like, where are they going to go with the, the you know, the franchise? And I, I, I'm thinking that right now with Marvel, like, what is the next direction? Where are they going with it? Um, and I'm kind of excited because you don't, you did, they've created such a great, universe it's the same with star wars they've created this amazing universe which has so much potential to go and explore different characters and their lives and and background and the backstories and um yeah it's just and you just have so many possibilities and that's what's really exciting for me and i just have this sort of the the parallels and the fact that they're both owned by disney (laughs) I know. I was just thinking the exact same thing. Both owned by Disney. They're just they're sitting here listening to us talk, and they're just rubbing their hands together like, "Yes." <laughs> you right. st- they're still gonna get that money from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Disney! You've, you've got us all hook, line, and sinker. Uh, deliver um, <laughs> us a good X Men movie, and that's it. I'll I'll be happy forever. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, right on. Um, well, you know, thanks for uh, thanks for jumping in, giving us a puzzle piece. You have any other uh, closing thoughts? I know you just saw the movie this morning, so you probably have to give it a little time to uh, to stir around in the old brain yeah. for a little bit. But do you have any other uh, thoughts about it before we close it up? Um, I just have like, I really don't know if we're ever going to have a a, a, a franchise that can pull off something like Marvel did. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's really something that uh, I feel like maybe when I'm old, I'll be talking to my grandchildren. I'll be like, you know, I remember when the first Marvel movie came out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like a, a thing, like you say, is like something that hasn't been seen before in, in the history of cinema. And um, it's brought us all together, even if, you know, you're not like, you'd like me a bit of a, I know my bit of comic book trivia but not very much or like a diehard fan it's it's all there for us to enjoy and really sh- we should be brought together and shouldn't be divided as as a sort of uh, a film community it's a film that you know anyone can enjoy really and you know um 
just go out and enjoy it and, and don't spoil it for anyone. That's it. Yes. Please absolutely. Don't. Yeah. If you're listening to this episode, spoilers are going to happen. <clears throat> However, you should not be spoiling movies on Twitter or anywhere publicly where you don't actually have to download and hit <laughs> play or anything like that. <laughs> well, right on. Uh, B, thanks for, for doing this. And uh, you're actually going to be on our Under the Silver Lake episode coming up real soon, a week or two. And uh, so we'll get you the full introduction to our Piecing It Together <laughs> listeners when we do that. But for now, if you want to just plug your uh, website where you uh, do your film writing. Yep, uh, you can find me at filmotomy.com and uh, we basically do uh, anything and everything. So look at world cinema, independent cinema, documentaries, female filmmakers and mainstream films as well. So uh, yeah, head on over and you'll get some great quality content. Beautiful. Thanks for joining me. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. All right, we got Q with us to talk about Avengers Endgame. Thank you. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I know we got to finish this up before Game of Thrones, so let's uh, let's do it. Let's jump no, you into know what? it. That's not that important. What's oh. important is this. What? I have my priorities straight. I know what matters. The okay. jewel in the empire. One of the jewels uh-huh. in, in, in my jewel-encrusted empire. Uh-huh. Piecing it together. Mm. A show about movies. Mm-hmm. It's critical, and it's more important than just any old TV show. Oh, okay. I, I, I like it. I, I, like so, that I like that you're being so sweet to me right now. So really, jumping right really in, nice. um, my <laughs> puzzle piece. How many puzzle pieces a piece are we puzzling? Uh, you know, a couple, two, three. couple, like two, that. three. Yeah. Okay, I got two that'll, that'll line up. Maybe a third Perfect. one will come to me. Perfect. Uh, number one, jumping right into it, uh, I'm going to break format as I am wont to do. <laughs> because i paid for it and uh i am going to say the aforementioned game of thrones Mm. Uh, i know that we usually stick with movies but i'm sticking with probably the most cinematic representation of of culture and and uh in 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 the genre of television and that is episode uh season six episode nine battle of the bastards which i know that you haven't watched but no is still i think most people would agree one of the greatest achievements on film, whether it's a movie or television show. Uh, this movie, Avengers Endgame, um, must draw at some inspiration from that specific episode, which was directed by um, uh, Miguel uh, Miguel Sapochnik, I think is his name. He's the guy who directed um, Repo Men. Mm. Um, so he's, I think, best known as the director of Repo Men, but he also directed... This and several other really like sort of all the big game changer uh, Game of Thrones episodes. Um, he, the, the scene where our hero, Jon Snow, who is basically a stand in for Captain America, mm-hmm. just is alone, crushed and defeated, standing athwart um, th- an enemy of a horde of thousands, certain doom, certain death facing him. And he just, lifts his sword and and is ready to is ready to face his fate um without any you know hint of cowardice or any hint of uh of of hesitation it's the exact same scene um as captain america doing the exact same thing to right. a horde of aliens that are facing him down before the cavalry arrives of course john snow is still alive 
in Game of Thrones and the similar plot contrivance saved him there. Uh, you know, a, a huge arrival of cavalry that, that helped him out. Um, similarly, in the Battle of the Bastards, for any of you TV fans out there who are who who are also Game of Thrones fans and who you know watched and rewatched and watched for a third time that incredible episode of television, you'll remember that um, you know Rickon Stark, one of the more uh, you know innocent uh, characters, members of the Stark family, was killed brutally killed, took an air a bolt an arrow bolt through the chest um, <laughs> very brutally just when it seemed like he was going to get away. Uh, you know, it, it just, the the sense of loss, the sense of finality, um, the ultimate undoing of the villain, uh, of course, Thanos in, in the Avengers side sort of fading and, um, and, and crumbling and, uh, and, and dying compared with the... <laughs> Far more brutal, I would say, death of Ramsey Bolton, who was, of course, the uh, the antagonist in that particular chapter of Game of Thrones, where he's um, basically disemboweled and ripped limb from limb by wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it just all feels the same. The action is similarly—I don't know what you call that, Dave—when action is like stirring, like you feel it, like it has kinetic energy to it. There's so much. How many action movies do you watch in a year where it just feels like there's just like big, like heavy mountains of people smashing into each other, and it doesn't feel like anything, right? Right. Yeah. They they just they're just like little little ants, little, yeah. little CGI starting ants. Starting around starting around Civil War. No, you know what? Before that, starting around Winter Soldier, the Russo brothers really kind of cornered this market on action that felt like visceral like you got punched like a, a character gets punched and you feel it in your teeth you're like damn that fucking looked like it hurt uh and similarly game of thrones is is in their large action set pieces as i'm sitting here 20 minutes away from what's going to be the largest action set piece uh <laughs> that's ever been filmed in the his- the the coming battle of winterfell that's about to air in 20 minutes and will have aired by the time this episode goes live um, it, it has a similar feeling to that. You feel the like the reverberation of a sword slamming against right, the right. um the bone of a of of a horse's leg. You know, like you know, <laughs> like if you feel it, like it, it's it's got that same viscera to it. Yeah, I'd, I'd almost say uh, my favorite part of the movie, aside from the various Ant-Man scenes, was Captain America's, like, swipes and attacks. Like, I mean, they were just so just... that The sound design alone was just, like, crunching. <laughs> you know what I mean? As he was I think so Thanos. much of it is the sound, right? That's how yeah. you make that happen. Oh, yeah. There's, there's some camera tricks involved, but for the most part, I think it's the sound. Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're able to... <sighs> I think the worst action movies are the ones that just have like generic thuds and pops and smashes, you know? Right. And then the ones that really push the, push the boundary, push the envelope with, um, with, with sound in fights, uh, are the ones I remember the, you know, I think I've talked about this one before, again, another television series, which was season, season one, episode two of daredevil, which I think still is the most famous or well-known fight or scene in all of those Marvel Netflix shows. Um, The way that they filmed and choreographed that really brutal hallway fight, so much of it 
was thanks to the sound design and the echoing and the 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 way that they played sound off of the walls of that corridor and the way that the punches and the the, the cracks of wood happened and played out it, it's small stuff um and just small looks i don't know it's I, I don't know i really love it when when somebody cares enough about action to make it um make it thoughtful and that was what I think on a second watch, probably to appreciate Avengers um, Endgame, you really see how that final scene, uh, you know, really plays out. I I would say to 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 draw an end to my comparison here, Battle of the Bastards is basically the third act. That fulfillment, that feeling of like, fuck yes, I've been waiting yeah, six yeah. seasons to see this. You know, at that point, I think people had watched. A solid seventy hours of Game of Thrones right, at that right. point, and similarly, how many hours of 22, 22 movies times like two and a half hours a piece? You know, this yeah. was all payoff. This was a big payoff, and they really needed to stick that landing. I mean, you know, yeah, there's a lot of emotional payoff as well, but I mean, really, when it comes down to it, I mean, people wanted a big, huge battle with all of these characters, all these actors actually managing to get, even if they're in there for like. 30 seconds like everybody getting a moment to do some badass action comic book stuff well this was a tough one i had to go to television for this because like i can't this movie's so unique there's mm -hmm. never been a situation where you've had 60 hours of runtime or 50 50 some odd hours of runtime to build up to something with character development throughout the, that isn't television and nothing on the scale of what Marvel is apart from Game of mm. Thrones. There's really nothing else that is this sort of omniculture representative that could be compared. Like, yeah, I could sit here and go through, you know, I have another choice that's going to be on a smaller scale than this and is, um, you know, a more minute uh, parallel mm. from cinema um, that we'll hear right after, you know, you say yours. But there's nothing, I think, that is more... Uh, like longitudinal than this with, with respect to um, what the, what this payoff represented for the people that followed it. Absolutely. Maybe I, tonight, I, yeah. maybe tonight that show, the, the episode that's about to come on in now 15 minutes, um, like that might be something, you know, that, that wipes the board clean too as well. I am. I, I imagine they, do you think they knew that they, they were going to be running the same uh, weekend as they did Avengers and that they'd have to like really up the game a little bit? I wonder, right? Because like they, <laughs> yeah, they have to know because those production schedules are around town in Hollywood. Everybody knows what's coming out when. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 They had to know. Well, uh, what is your next puzzle piece? Cause I actually don't do one. It's just gonna be me just moderating. So, mm, okay. All right. Yeah. Well then fuck you. Yes. Um, thank you. So my, uh, my next puzzle piece is a little uh, far more obscure. It is uh 2006's David Lynch film inland empire. And, uh, I picked inland empire because similar to, um, similar to, uh, to Avengers Endgame, it takes place across a few different timelines. There's a passage of time, and there are introductions of a lot of... Now, here's the difference. In, in Avengers Endgame, everybody, all the actors are obviously playing the same characters that they've been playing since 2008 for 11 years now, over the course of 22 movies to one degree or another. In Inland Empire, what happened was David Lynch brought in all of his favorite actors that he's used 
throughout his very storied career. And they all played something approximating from Laura Dern, who played the main character, all the way down, you know, to like one of our favorites, um, Justin Thoreau. Right, right. So all the way down to like Justin Thoreau, who is also a, a David Lynch favorite. Um, he he kind of brought in all these characters. Did you ever see this movie? Yeah, yeah. I saw it once a long time ago. Yes, it's madness. So, so yeah, it's insane and it's crazy. But it also um, follows some similar beats to Avengers Endgame, and it just gave me a reason to kind of rewatch that movie because I really liked it. Nice. And uh, I've been I've been meaning to get back into David Lynch for a while now. And that might be a good entry point. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in so long, but like that that you know that crazy just like pulling all these people together that are like from your stable. I I, I could totally see that exactly what you're trying to talk about right there. So that's what I got, Dave. And right I, on. I, I don't know. I love the movie. I thought it was great. Um, yeah. It was uh, maybe my top ten Marvel movies, which I love all the Marvel movies for the most part. Um, I love that it it gave us a chance to revisit. Um, uh, what I think is sort of an underrated movie or a movie that is underrated in importance in the Marvel Marvel canon, which was uh, Thor The Dark World. I think most people think it was probably the most forgettable of the Marvel movies. Um, mm. It gave us a chance to sort of revisit that. I don't know. What did you think of the movie? I, I liked it. We haven't it. talked about it. We yeah, I know. And I'm sure that we'll talk about it a bunch more on Bird Road, but like I uh, I, I nah. did like it. No, not at all. It's not even going to come up a little bit. <laughs> We're not going to spend one minute. Uh, but no, I, I, I think it's, you know, clearly for the fans, the bulk of this movie. And obviously, yeah. you know, I... I enjoy these Marvel movies, but it's not really my thing. And so there are a lot of moments where I'm just kind of just along for the ride. And it was completely enjoyable for those moments. But then when it did, uh, you know, go above that, uh, I think it was pretty great. When it when it got really funny or really great action or just, uh, you know, really, really great emotional moments. I mean, that that stuff all really worked really well. And, when did when did people know. cheer in your film in your in your theater? That is a very interesting point because I had a pretty packed crowd and there was not a lot of cheering. Was Nobody there a lot cheered of when um when uh Black Panther came walking out of the portal. Yes. You're you're absolutely right. That was like probably the biggest cheer of for the, me, the, uh, biggest, the entire thing. For me the biggest at my theater the biggest cheer. And I was in a theater in Atlanta with uh-huh. a predominantly African American crowd. Uh-huh. And um the that was a big cheer, but the bigger cheer was for Spider Man. Huh. Like, like significantly bigger cheer was for Spider Man. I was just <laughs> kind of surprised. I was like, really? Okay. Well, but, um, that's pretty cool. It was, it, I mean, Spider Man had a, a huge movie. I mean, that movie was big too. So, yeah, and he was a little. That I, movie. I think people were more affected by the death of Peter Parker because of, you know, the sort of earnest sadness of him being a little kid. And, you know, I mean, relatively, he's like, he was a baby. He's like 15. Yeah, he's playing. I mean, Tom Holland. I'm I'm sure is like 34, but right. yeah. <laughs> but he's playing 15 a 15 year old. Yeah, he looks 15. Um, yeah. The the other the so my point in that was for people like you who don't come to these movies with the um, comic book background, the literacy and comic books that that I right. have and that right. other people have. Like, were you? Was it interesting to you at all when, or was it like titillating to you at all when Captain America picked up Thor's hammer? Because that's a comic book thing. That's a thing that happens in the comic book. And, you know, a lot of the things that happen actually are things that happen in comic books. 
like did you care about that or was that just like a oh they're just doing pulling anything out of their ass at this point right yeah no that that was just like like oh i i guess he can uh he could do stuff with the hammer. He could do stuff with the axe. Like, I, I don't, I don't, you know, it was like, it was a cool looking weapon to do a thing with, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so it just, that's basically what I got out of it. You know? So that like the, prof- the profundity of that didn't like, exactly. Make, it makes exactly. any difference to you. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it's weird to, to, to see if these filmmakers are able to, uh, to make an audience like me care. And I, I would say for the most part they do though, you know, even if there's some things that are, are kind of lost on me, on someone like me, uh, overall, I was shocked I, there's at, just, there's so much to enjoy about it regardless. I was shocked at how little I through nine years have cared about the Hawkeye and Black Widow character, but found myself caring about them in Vormir, in the in, in the scene where the two of them are sort of battling to to the other's death, you know? Uh-huh. I, 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 that, I think, is the brilliance of these movies, is that, yeah, they do actually make you give a shit about characters that I didn't care about those characters when they were in the comic books, and I was like nine years old and reading those comic <laughs> books. I didn't give a shit about those two fucking also-ran well, I mean, it, it, characters. It, it, it helps... It helps that they get such great actors, you know? Yeah. And that's that's the biggest thing about this whole universe, really, is, I mean, it, you know, when it comes down to it, th- this whole universe has to be applauded for the producer's end of being able to cast and keep all of these, like, incredible actors for all these movies. It's it's just an amazing feat. I don't see how it'll be done again, like, really. No. I don't think so either, because look at look at the closest ancillary, which is DC. Mm-hmm. And all you have are the every actor running for the door. Yeah. They can't. They do. <laughs> they do one or two movies in DC, and they just can't wait to get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. they're 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 sprinting for the door. Um, it, like you forget though. I, I do want to just. I guess I would say the last thing I want to mention is like underappreciated talent. Man, you forget that Jeremy Renner. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the best actors of his generation. Oh, he's great. Has, has been given. In these seven or eight movies that he's been a part of in the Marvel Universe, it has been given virtually nothing until this movie to work yeah. with. It has been given almost nothing. And you just forget the kind of the, the character being so boring and, you know, having no significant powers and sort of being the butt of jokes. And you forget, like, hey, give Jeremy Renner some meat and he's on par with a Robert Downey Jr. in terms of chops, in terms sure. of being a great actor. And that is the magic of these movies. Like, you just have one of the best actors of a generation laying in the cut, waiting twenty-one movies to <laughs> to deliver real pathos and be like, "Oh fuck, I guess I do care about this character." Right, right. It's 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 uh it's it's amazing that they're able to balance so much of this, and and who knows what they're going to do with them going forward? Because you know that you know plenty of these characters are going to continue to get movies, even though it's a whole new thing moving forward but i'm sure you know more about that than i do but i guess no one really knows for sure yeah yeah i, th- I think that about does it do you want to do a uh, little plug for the bird road live show yeah bird road live show if anybody out there is in miami may 8th life house little havana seven o'clock we're gonna be having oh man have we got a show lined up for your ass um right now we've got uh we're going to be, unfortunately, my, my, my colleague Jewish Dave won't be able to make it. So we have a, a guest co-host, Jerry Anelli from uh, Miami New Times. Nice. He's the uh, civil rights, politics, and environmental reporter. He's going to be there. 
Um, we're going to be talking to Demetrius Jackson, who, if you're a sports fan, you remember him from his time with the University of Miami Hurricanes as a defensive lineman. Um, now he's running for uh, Florida State representative in District 109. He's an Overtown native, and um, he's going to come talk to us. Uh, we got Jeff Campbell, who's the chair of the uh, People's Progressive Caucus of Miami-Dade. Javier Cortada, who's an artist, a professor over at University of Miami, and at an activist and the found, one of the founders of Underwater HOA. Um, we've got Dr. Kyla Nishad Bishop, who's a uh, biomedical scientist, member of the Sea Level Rights Committee for the city here, and um, and more. We got more folks who uh, will be confirming to be there. So again, May 8th, Lifehouse, Little Havana, 8 p.m. Check out the Facebook event um, on Bird Road's Facebook page. Or Lifehouse Little Havana's Facebook page. We both have it there. You've been busy booking this thing. I, I like last time we talked like a week ago, I didn't know any of these except for like one. Well, though it's also, you know, you don't you just you don't care. I don't care. <laughs> what do I care about more? Bird Road or the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe? You don't care about Bird Road at all, so the answer <laughs> the question could be anything. <laughs> All right, so uh, now we got with us the lady one from Screen Fix Podcast. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while, <laughs> and we're going to have you on the show for a regular episode yes. soon, but I mean, come on, Avengers Endgame. I mean, <laughs> it, we got to get as many people as we can on this thing, and I'm super glad to have you. <laughs> so uh, why don't we jump in and get to some puzzle pieces? What do you got for your first one? All right, my first puzzle piece is about the time heist. It mm. feels very Ocean's Eleven to me. Okay. Yeah, we've got a lot of moving pieces. We've got to split the team up. Everybody's got their mission. And if we don't all get it right, it doesn't come together. Yeah, yeah, everybody's got their, their little thing. And like mm -hmm. every little thing is super intricate yes. and planned. And if it all goes wrong, it's going to all go wrong. And it all kind of goes wrong for a little while. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Definitely a good one. Um, and and uh, it's also another thing about the Oceans movies. And uh, we actually talked about Oceans 12 in one of the other conversations, oh, funny enough. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it, like, somebody, somebody singled that one out. And so, but the original as well. But, you know, a funny thing just in general with these movies is that also there's a parallel to just having so many big stars in one place mm -hmm. at one time, uh, which, I mean, I don't think any movie is ever going to be able to pull off <laughs> quite as much as Avengers does it. Uh, it it's, it's really quite the feat. Yeah, this was incredible. Yeah, it, it's really, really, really wild that they're able to get this many people together. And I, <laughs> I just... It's crazy, especially once you get to that whole ending scene, and then they're just all on screen. And you're like, how do how do they even I know. <laughs> manage this? Like, it's just ridiculous. Wild. Um, <laughs> right on. Well, uh, what what would your uh, next puzzle piece be then? Uh, so my next puzzle piece is actually just. I mean, it was the easiest one right in our faces. Specifically, Back to the Future. Um, mm -hmm. When Tony runs into Howard, it's just a cathartic father son conversation he understands him better as a father as a man and it just i can only think of marty and george oh yeah yeah absolutely it, it's a it's it's a pretty beautiful moment mm -hmm. um and and it's it's uh it's sweet especially because you're trying to you know 
finish up this this arc for him mm-hmm. and this this whole I mean we we've really when it comes down to it Iron Man has been you know the center of all these movies for 23 freaking movies and so to <laughs> get, to give him that closure there with his dad yeah. is uh pretty pretty great pretty great moment and I I have to imagine that that is, uh, you know, Back to the Future being a uh, a puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine that is on the mind <laughs> when you start to come up with the time travel. Thing. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, and what would your <laughs> next one be? Uh, Back to the Future Part Two. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so that one I thought of just to see them go back into the background of other movies. That's that's why in in my estimation Back to the Future Part 2 is the best one because it's the first one and the second one at the same time. And um that's what I loved about about Avengers Endgame particularly was when they went to New York 2012. So when they went back to Avengers and I got to see them in the background of scenes that I know and love. It was really cool. Yeah, it was uh really inspired, really just mm-hmm. uh to to go that direction and you know it's funny i said to one of my friends walking out of the theater um that that whole sequence kind of reminded me of do you watch it's always sunny in philadelphia yes yeah (laughs) yeah it reminded me of the clip show episode where they're not quite remembering their clips properly (laughs) you know and and so they're going in and changing their own clip show you know and uh i thought that was pretty funny yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and you know speaking specifically though to that puzzle piece and using back to the future two separately um i i find that that one when it comes to time travel movies comes up more so than the original and certainly more than the third one mm-hmm. um it seems like back to the future two is where time travel like i i don't want to say perfected necessarily <laughs> but it's like it's definitely where where a lot of filmmakers tend to look back towards when they're uh when they're plotting out how their time travel is gonna work yes Yes, and it, it's how I came to understand the, you know, alternate dimensions and alternate timelines, which the ancient one explains it literally the same way as Doc Brown, just like a line splitting off. She's, uh-huh. she's got the same exact explanation that the Doc has in the second movie. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's uh, it's awesome the way that she explains it all. Mm-hmm. And it's like. It kind of it kind of makes sense. I mean, time travel never fully makes sense, yeah. but it kind of makes sense. <laughs> you can't think too hard about it. Just think like a little, and then you're good. Yeah, yeah. As long as you <laughs> just get to the next action scene, you're all right. Yeah, you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be just fine. Um, <laughs> so, uh, did you have any other puzzle pieces? I have one more little one. Okay. So uh, the last scene with with Captain America talking to Sam. Mm-hmm. I can't see a guy on a bench. Without thinking of Forrest Gump. Like, he's sitting there oh. reflecting on his life. It's a beautiful moment. And it just made me think of that movie. Right on. Yeah, I hadn't uh, I hadn't thought of that one. I hadn't thought of that. But I could totally see that. And yeah, he's like, he's just sitting there. He's reflecting mm-hmm. on his life. He's He clearly has, like, all this wisdom at this point right. after everything he's been through, even though we didn't get to see what he's been through, yeah. really, necessarily. Um, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It just, I dig just it. made me think of it right away. It was just beautiful and made me cry. <laughs> yeah, I, I that was definitely I think for most of the theater was a waterwork <gasps> scene for sure. Maybe even more so than uh, Tony Stark's death. Yeah, I, I, for, I think, for me uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I I do wonder though how uh, how he had the time to live his life in the past. Mm-hmm. If it was only wasn't it like hours to years? Like I don't really know how that worked, but it it all comes back travel. to just don't think too hard. 
because <laughs> <laughs> too much with these I just, movies. I can't. Ta- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's no answer to that question. Yeah. I, I'm I'm running myself in circles just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it all falls well, apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on. Um, so yeah, no, those are great puzzle pieces. And uh, just you know, overall, did you have any other thoughts about the movie, or just you know, how'd you like it? I have to say, it was probably the greatest, and will stay the greatest movie going experience of my life. Just a, wow. the theater. All the way packed Thursday night, people screaming, crying, cheering, laughing. I've never seen anything like it, and I'm kind of bummed that I probably never will again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there are, like, movies that, I mean, I feel like you might personally love more, mm-hmm. or I might personally love right. more, but as, like, that shared, I mean, this is an experienced movie. Yes. I mean, it is an event, you know? Totally. And I, you know, especially for, like, our age range mm-hmm. and, like... You know, it's like we all had these movies, you know, at the perfect kind of time. And it's crazy. I mean, people talk about it like it's like, you know, our generation Star Wars. I don't know exactly what your generation is based on versus mine. But, you know, but yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, I mean, it's it's uh, it's just a huge event. And I think they uh, they did a great job. They 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 stuck the landing Mm -hmm. in pretty, pretty big way. And I mean, obviously, uh as we're sitting here talking, it just made another $100 million, yeah, probably. Probably. So, yeah. So I, I, I just got texts from like three friends who just got out of CNN. Uh-huh. I'm like, you didn't see it like three days ago? What? Come on. What are you guys doing? Like, you know. No. What were you like, well, outside or something? Weird. Yeah. What were you doing with your life? Oh, jeez. Well, uh, Lady One, thank you so much yeah. for being here. I know this was quick, but we're going to get you back for a full episode awesome. sometime soon. Can't wait. So uh, again, thank you. And uh, why don't you uh, tell people where they can find your show? Yeah, we are on uh, every podcast platform. And you can follow us along on Twitter at ScreenFixPod. You'll always see what we're going to be fixing over there. Perfect. Great show. Everybody check it out. Thank you. All right. So now with us, we've got our old buddy, Chad Clinton Freeman. How are you doing, Chad? I'm doing great. How's it going? I'm all right, and, uh, you know, glad to have you on this super episode, as always, and uh, I know Avengers is your favorite topic to talk about, (laughs) you know? Definitely, uh, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) So, uh, I was actually surprised you made it out the opening weekend for this one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, No, you know, just had to, had to. I mean, the thing is, uh, you know, I I liked Infinity War quite a bit, so, I mean... I, you know, I wasn't super excited for this one, but I was excited. And and this year's been good for superhero movies so far. Captain Marvel, Shazam. So, I mean, yeah. I guess I'm kind of like, bring it on. So. Yeah, there we go. Maybe <laughs> maybe Dark Phoenix coming up next. But uh... I, I, I'm, I'm on board for that one. I am. The, the... I was surprised. I kind of like the trailer, the newest trailer that they showed yeah. before this. I, I thought it looked a little bit better than what I thought before, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, be- <laughs> before we derail too much, let's jump into some puzzle pieces. What, what do you got uh, to start off for Avengers Endgame? Okay, so here's what I'll say that uh, my puzzles... Uh, they're a little bit different than normal, I would say. They kind of go with themes in a way. So okay. what I'll do is kind of uh, go with each theme, which I think tells a, a, a good sign of 
the kind of movie that this is. Because uh, okay. <laughs> this is what I, I will say. I, I will say it was a fun movie, but I, I don't think it was a good movie. And it's not really a movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so to break that apart, we go. to break that <laughs> apart, uh, of course, I've got to uh, first, I'm going to start off with some um, uh my my uh dc references okay so what what dc movies did this movie remind me of it reminded me of the worst made of the dc movies suicide squad and justice league okay this movie (laughs) it is it is as poorly made as those two films i feel it is a chopped up heaping mess of a movie it is not a like like story it is not it is just like cut and pasted parts cobbled together that's what i feel like um that there there isn't a you know like like there isn't a central focus to it there's not like i mean i mean at the at iron man at most is kind of the central uh sure of the movie but not really i mean not like infinity war where thanos was you know it was his movie um and so uh, along the lines with uh, both uh, just, uh, you know, Suicide Squad and Justice League, just how how bad those movies were made and constructed. And here's the thing. The bad part is, is that those were so poorly made because of so much interference with the studios screwing sure. up. The, what right. the what the directors were doing. This one didn't have any interference. So yeah, this is a vision. <laughs> this, this is a director vision. Yes, and this is the way that it's supposed to be. Um, and <laughs> I'll get into a little bit of why I think it's such a mess. Yeah, uh, I think you're going to need to uh, stand up for this opinion here. I'm just going to sit and listen, so go for it. <laughs> so so anyway, though, here's the thing. is I think both Suicide Squad and Justice League both are very fun. They both have a lot of good qualities in them. I think this movie is very fun. I don't, to me personally, it doesn't have even the good qualities of those two films. I would argue that both Suicide Squad and Justice League are far superior to this movie. And that's strictly my opinion. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So to go from the DC into why, though, it, it's such a, a mess is um, my next one that I, I, how partly of how this isn't a movie, this is more of a a meme meets a wikipedia entry meets a hallmark greeting card okay <laughs> that's what this movie is um i feel like it's almost like they had a checklist of things to hit and they're like got to do this got to do this got to do this got to wrap this up got to wrap that up got to wrap that up and so they had all of these things that they had to hit that that's what the movie ends up being is just things being hit it's like boom 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 um so in that uh, the the hallmark quality the greeting card uh, quality is just with all the sappiness of it it's so uh heavy-handed with how it wants you to feel um Mm. it it really plays up to people's feels uh with the uh with the with the comedy and then later with just oh oh this is you know this is supposed to pull at you uh uh and really you know this is supposed to get you uh teary-eyed or whatever but i will say that i there were parts in infinity war where i did get teary-eyed near the end mm-hmm. um there were parts in justice league where i got teary-eyed but in this movie i i didn't care and the thing is is that i don't i don't like 
you know, Iron Man. And I got no satisfaction anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I do want to stop you for a second here because we all know that you do not like Iron Man or the man who plays Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, so That's why I, I don't I, like Iron Man. Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense that this movie wouldn't connect with you. <laughs> now, there are some of the points that you're, you're you know, kind of jumping between that. I, w- I would almost stand to agree with you a little bit on mm-hmm. because I, you know, I didn't love this movie as much as most of the people I know who have right. seen it. Uh, certainly most of the people on this episode. I definitely liked it, though. I liked it much more than you did, for sure. Um, but I can see some of the criticisms that you're talking well, about. I-, I can see how this is like many pieces of a movie. It It's it's. Uh, it's a movie that just exists kind of to finish up all these right. storylines. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, to, to, to jump into puzzle pieces specifically though, about what I was mentioning. So like, you know, the, the whole hallmark and greeting card quality of it, uh, to me just reminds me of uh, Paul Haggis a lot, which he did that movie crash, uh, mm. which he wrote million dollar baby. Um, just his movies are so, uh, everything is tied up in a neat little bow. It's like everything comes around and it's just like, oh, here you go. It's, it's nothing is left, you know, for interpretation. It's all Mm. here is exactly what it is. It's all spelled out everything. Uh, Of course, I, I say that about this movie when this movie has tons and tons of loopholes and plot holes that go absolutely nowhere that it seemed to destroy lots of things that has never come back to. And of course, everybody overlooks that. Uh, I'm talking about the time travel parts of this movie. That sure. that part is all over the place and makes absolutely no sense, I feel. But time, time so, travel rare, rarely does. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, so Crash. And then also uh, another filmmaker that is is that way is Ron Howard. Now, it's funny because I was trying to think of Ron Howard's movies that are really sappy. But the one that this is more most like, actually, is his best movie, or at least in my opinion, his best movie. And that's Solo. Solo is such a, a Wikipedia movie where it's like, check this off, check this off, check this off, check this off. So it doesn't really have the sappiness of that. Uh, uh, Solo didn't have the sappiness of this, but it definitely has that same just um not really it's fan service yeah yeah yeah. it's it's basically yeah it's almost like a a fan film in a way yeah yeah fan service is a is a good way to say it um Uh but speaking of star wars uh along with 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 solo a force awakens with the way how terrible movie it was but it just plays on the emotions with just the callbacks, I mean, the, the whole movie itself is a callback to the, you know, the original Star Wars movie and then having all the original characters in it. And then, you know, uh, of course, wrapping up some of the original characters uh, completely. Um, and people love it because it really plays into their emotions. And I think that that's another movie that uh, this reminded me of as far as how, how it does that. This just is a, a big playing on the emotions. Mm-hmm. And uh, to to go into an, uh, another idea of, of of this movie and how how like just weird it is as a movie is it reminded me of and this kind of ties into the whole crash thing though is like a, a TV show finale 
um, and specifically ones where they try to tie up everything. Like, uh, and I hate those, like Breaking Bad and uh, Six Feet Under. Those are two that specifically just try to tie up every little loose end. And um, like, I prefer the ones where it's, uh, even though I didn't care much for the Sopranos finale, I prefer those. I love Dexter. I love the finale for Dexter. I I, I love it where there's more of, okay, uh, you have to kind of think for yourself. This one, there's not really much to think for yourself, except for the time travel stuff, right. <laughs> which makes no sense. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, they, they wrap up quite a lot, quite a lot. Yeah, there's a few little things here and there that you could, uh, you know, really think about and like wonder what's going to happen. But for, yeah, for the most part, um, I mean, I'd say the biggest question left is how exactly there's going to be a Black Widow solo movie. Um, <laughs> right, right. But I mean, I'm sure I, we all have our theories on I, that. It was, I think that was a terrible way to wrap her up too. It made no sense. I, I felt mm-hmm. like it made no sense in the context of the movie that she's the one that was holding them together. So right, right. I, I don't understand also why Captain Marvel didn't snap. Like why why didn't Captain Marvel why I don't understand why Captain Marvel wasn't a bigger part of this movie. I mean Yeah, interesting you say that because I was thinking about that this morning actually. She should have been the one with the glove. It makes she no should have either been either been the one with the glove or just simply not even been introduced until after this is all over. Right. Um there's no, you could have written this movie without Captain Marvel, the movie ever having happens, right? Or her being in this episode, right. like it, 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 it totally was unnecessary. They could have easily, I mean, really, all she did did was smash through a spaceship, and then she was one of fifty people punching Thanos. Well, well, like, she, she, it. no, no. Well, she came in and was like, it was like, it was kind of like Justice League with Superman at the end. She would just come in and do something like amazing, and then was mm-hmm. just gone. And it was yeah. like, wait, so like she's the one hold like, you know, basically wrestling with Thanos early on. She like carries the spaceship down, saves uh, Iron Man. And then later on, she comes up and I forget exactly what she did, but she did something big at the end. And then it was like, like she wasn't even there. It was just like, right. I don't know. It made no sense. And yeah. I, to me, she's my favorite of all the, the Marvel characters. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wanted more of her. I was disappointed there wasn't more of her. And um I don't know. I just think there were a lot of things that didn't make sense. Someone uh, did a uh, a breakdown minute by minute of how many minutes each uh, Avenger was in the movie. Nah. And she was in the movie for 15 minutes of three hours and six minutes. Nah. 15. That's crazy. <laughs> right. They just did a whole movie just to introduce her right. so she could be in it for 15 minutes. Right. <laughs> I, right. I do think that's very, very strange. Right. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. So, uh that is if that is all your puzzle pieces then. Well, um, well, uh, hang on, hang on cuz another concept another I had was was all-stars, okay? Not wrestle, just all-star like events, okay? So, what I was thinking in this regard as far as movies that I could think of it was like the Cannonball Run from the 80s. Um uh it's a mad 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 world uh back in the 60s where you just cram in all the, all these different characters uh, and in both cases there, you, you know, you've got a big race and the other one, it, it's like, they're going in there, they're looking for like some treasure. And so you've got all these different characters that just pop up for absolutely no reason. Like, Oh wait, there's the three stooges 
And it's like, why are they there? And they're just there for a second. Um, <laughs> and at the same time, that reminded me of, of when I was a kid, um, uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Okay. Each year when Saturday morning cartoons, like the, the, the new season was coming, they would do this prime time, like, uh, kind of a movie where they would, uh, introduce like all the different cartoons and there was this one um as i very i very much vividly remember i believe we recorded it on vhs uh it was uh, back in the time of uh back to the future and it was called uh, back to next saturday and it had this really really <laughs> cheesy theme song and it was rudy off of the cosby show and like blair off of um, facts of life and it was basically like an intro to all these new cartoons and some of the old cartoons. And there was some live action with animation and then just some animation clips too. And anyway, it's just a totally dumb, stupid thing has no purpose, but to just basically introduce and cram in all of these uh, <laughs> new shows. And basically that's what this movie was. So that is the most amazingly <laughs> bizarre comparison to the Avengers. But, but you know what? As long as we're pissing everybody off with this uh, segment of the episode, let's add grown-ups to that list right there. As well. uh. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling some Sandler for the episode. Oh, man. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, so back to next Saturday. Look that up. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I, I'm guessing it had something to do with time travel. When that yeah, I, so. I'm gonna have to look that up. That sounds pretty, uh, pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, uh, wow. A any uh, any last thoughts? Any closing thoughts on Avengers Endgame? I, I I don't think I even have to ask you how you liked the movie overall. Mm, no, I I think I pretty much covered it all. Um, you, you've you've done your uh, <laughs> you've done your job here. I, I I believe you're officially the new Marvel Cinematic Universe supervillain. Thanos is gone. <laughs> That's the other thing. They make such a great villain with Thanos, and he's barely in it too. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I there are some great moments with Thanos. Or, I mean, that's the thing. There are some great moments in this movie, I think. There's some, or at least there are some potentially great moments, I think, with Thanos, with, with Captain Marvel. There's some fun stuff with, with Hulk and Rocket and um, Thor. But it's just like, it's not really a movie. It really isn't. I mean, I, I, there are people that are acting like this is the greatest comic book movie ever. They're calling it a masterpiece. And I'm like, no, I mean, I think if you're if I, I'm not somebody that loves Marvel, I haven't seen like I've seen like six, maybe seven of however many 20 something movies. Um, so I think I, I, I to me, it would seem even more Mimi and more like Wikipedia if you've seen all of them, because I mean, I, I think I pretty much caught all the connections and references. I mean, some of them are memes, right? Like the the Hell Hydra. I mean, I don't even think that was actually in any of the movies before. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> it's almost like the Stan Lee cameos throughout all the movies that, like, this is just a big movie, like, using that concept. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, this is uh, this has been interesting. That's for sure. This is this is uh, this is a fun little aside from what I'm sure 
is going to be, we haven't recorded them all yet, but <laughs> all the little segments are going to be people loving this movie. So it's good. I to, liked uh, it. To, I liked it. it. It's good to, to pull down the curve a little <laughs> bit. With you. So it's going to make $350 billion. So, you know, we'll let Chad uh, take some shots. That's, that's, I, that's, that's, and that's amazing to me that, that the, you know, that this is the best Marvel has to offer. And it's like, eh, it's about as good as Suicide Squad. So. <laughs> Hi, this is Wax Tracks Records here on 2909 South Decatur. We buy all your old 45s, your old albums, any type of music memorabilia. Also, we sell music memorabilia, albums, CDs, and a lot. Come on down to Wax Tracks, 2909 South Decatur, or give me a call at 702-362-4300. Thank you very much. All right, so it's time for the finished puzzle for Avengers Endgame. This is going to be all of the movies and other things that we talked about during those six conversations. So, here we go. We have got Ocean's 12, Community, time travel movies in general, The Wrestler, uh, movies with big ensemble casts and westerns like How the West Was Won, The Magnificent Seven, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, uh, epics like Lawrence of Arabia and Ben-Hur, The Last Jedi, Game of Thrones, Inland Empire, Ocean's Eleven, Back to the Future 1 and 2, Forrest Gump, Justice League, Suicide Squad, Crash, Million Dollar Baby, Paul Haggis Films, Ron Howard Films, including Solo, The Star Wars Story, The Force Awakens again, Breaking Bad, Six Feet Under, and other major TV show finales, uh, all-star events like Cannonball Run, Back to Last Saturday, and again, it's a mad, 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 mad world. So that does it. That's all the things that we just talked about. Uh, one other thing I was going to add to the list is the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia clip show episode where they're kind of misremembering their own clips, um, which kind of is exactly the first thing I thought of while watching the whole segment while they're going back in time and uh, altering their own history and altering the old movies. So I just wanted to add that one to the list there. All right, so I hope you enjoyed all those conversations about Avengers Endgame. Uh, what did you think of the movie? Let us know. We'd love to hear what you thought of it. Um, obviously, the opinions ran the gamut from... Everybody loving it to Chad Clinton Freeman hating it. That's pretty much the range of reviews when it comes down to Avengers Endgame. But what did you think? Why don't you join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, a movie discussion group, and let us know what you thought of it and probably spark up a nice little debate with Chad. So uh, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you are enjoying piecing it together, make sure you're subscribed on your podcast app of choice. And we'd also love it if you'd rate and review us over on iTunes. That would be awesome. We also now have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash piecingpod. Uh, right now, you can get a whole bunch of my music, which uh, as 
those of you who listen to the show know I also compose music for film and put out albums of instrumental music. You can get a whole bunch of my albums for supporting the show on Patreon, but we are going to be recording some special bonus episodes that will be on there as well in the near future. So lots of content coming to the Patreon. Um, but to be honest with you, I really just want you all listening to the show. I don't care if you support the Patreon, but if you want to, go for it. Why not? Uh, if I didn't say so already, make sure you follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Check out our website, PiecingPod.com, where you can find all the rest of our episodes, including this Friday's episode on Two Dust, which is one of my favorite movies of 2019. And this is really awesome. I actually got a chance to interview the film's writer-director, Sean Snyder, and that interview will be up next week. So I'm really excited to share that interview with all of you. Um, it is a really fun interview. We get into all kinds of really fun film nerd stuff. It, it was just great, and I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you all. So that does it for Avengers Endgame. And uh, who knows when the next Avengers episode will be, but I'm sure we'll find something to do another super episode because it's pretty fun talking to a whole bunch of people for little short conversations. It was a lot of work to uh, get it all scheduled and put together, but uh, I, think, I think it came out really great and I'm, I'm happy with it. So I'm going to leave you guys with a piece of my music as I always do. And, you know, Avengers Endgame being the biggest movie in the world and probably going to be the biggest movie ever, um, I was thinking it would be kind of fun to play my most successful song. I've played it on the show before. Uh, it's called Dreams Like These. It's from my album An Unseen Sky. It's been featured on a bunch of uh, playlists which have gotten it a ton of play on like Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff. So that is how it really gets that kind of attention since I'm not like, you know, a band or something like that. I'm not the, out there playing shows and stuff. So thank you to everybody who puts it on your playlists and for continuing to listen to it. So this is Dreams Like These, which is available on my album, An Unseen Sky, which is on iTunes and CD Baby and Bandcamp and all those different kinds of sites where you can buy music. And you can also listen to it on Spotify, of course. And you're going to hear it right now.
and all points west. 